Warning. This episode contains graphic descriptions of violence which may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. As I was walking home one night, I saw a stranger by a light. His arms were long, his head was small. I've never seen a man so tall. His arms reached out and grabbed me tight. I went along without a fight. I looked and saw he had no face, and then my heart began to race. He spoke to me without a sound and picked me up right off the ground. The slender man took me away to never see the new light of day. On a dark, wooded road, you wander through the night. You're familiar with your surroundings as you step so surely on, but tonight is different. The snap of a twig catches you off guard, and you begin to hear something. It's low at first, but there's something there. You know you can hear it. Though the fear within you courses through your being, screaming for you to run and find safety, something else is there inside, compelling your curiosity and making you hesitate. Something inside wants to know. You're listening to Whispers in the Night. Welcome back to Whispers in the Night. My name is Sang Pangduangdet, and you're listening to the podcast that combines fact, fiction, and folklore to explore the things that we fear most. All of this, of course, with a focus on the Midwest. We're back after a long break with a brand new schedule. Now, I know most of you are looking forward to this episode at the first of the month, but I had a change of plans. Uh, Though this episode is, uh, you know, a lot a bit late... Uh, Going forward, you can all look forward to new episodes dropping on the 15th of every month. Uh, This podcast also has a brand new home with the podcasting platform Anchor. And I just wanted to take a moment to show off one of my favorite features. I'm in love with this. Uh, Anchor has this thing that allows listeners to chime in through a voicemail. Um, You can also use this feature towards interviews, but today I'm going to show you the voicemail feature. Hey everybody, my name is Josh, I'm from Reading, California, and I just wanted to stop by and say great podcast so far. Every episode is quite fascinating, you know, it's, it's not often you hear a podcast that talks about the paranormal in this kind of way. So, I do want to say thank you so much for what you're doing, I do hope to hear more. Thank you so much for what you've done so far, and keep up the good work if you do plan on keeping on. Other than that, best of luck to you all. Great podcast, amazing stuff. I've actually shared this with a couple of people because this is really fascinating. So, take care. See ya. Josh, thank you so much for your kind words. I really appreciate your thoughts and that you're so great to share the show with your friends and family. 
Now, if any of you lovely listeners would like to share your thoughts, I would love to hear them. You can find a link to do so in the show's notes. And with that, on with the show. Tonight, we're going to be exploring a topic that is both controversial and creepy, a piece of folklore that was born of the internet but has since taken a life of its own. Now, can we just talk about that for a minute? How incredibly vast and complex the internet is? From its introduction to the public in the 1990s, our world has evolved in many ways through this fast track for information and sharing. Endless possibilities have emerged from this alone. Now, some of us remember the days of dial-up, waiting for what seemed to be an eternity to be connected, endless time passing as you waited for a page to load. Even then, when one had to wait, it was still the most popular and possibly the fastest way to send information back and forth. It was a new world that allowed people to talk with virtually anyone, and though it was limited, people were able to create spaces and communities to share their thoughts and ideas. Now, eventually the internet sped up, dial-up gradually upgraded in steps to what we have now, seamless streaming across multiple platforms, uh, wireless even, through many devices all at once across the globe. Through sharing and collaboration, the internet itself can be a vessel for fame or for failure. One can find a life here, and in contrast, one can have theirs completely stripped away. The internet is everywhere, and it is used for everything. Streaming entertainment, uh, booking a room, finding a ride or a show, making reservations, ordering goods from all over the world, we're able to communicate via text voice, and video. We use the internet for home security and regulation. In fact, our entire homes are connected in many cases. I just want you to think about it for for just one moment. What's one thing today that you didn't need the internet for? Tonight, we talk about the internet legend, a new form of folklore that started as a simple idea and transformed into a worldwide phenomenon. How the collaborative nature of the World Wide Web bloomed forth a fictional being to bring terror to the minds of many. Not only that, we explore how this phantom, later to become known as the Slender Man, made his way into the homes of millions, eventually making his way to the Midwest and leaving devastating and tragic events in his wake. So, where did the Slender Man come from? Well, it was June 10th, 2009, on a popular internet thread in the Something Awful forum. The thread was a Photoshop contest in which users were challenged to create paranormal images. Though there were many frightening submissions from users all over the world, one user on the forum, by the name of Eric Knudsen, who at the time went by a pseudonym, Victor Serge, submitted two incredibly unique and terrifying black and white images. These photographs, seemingly normal at first glance, appear candid and ordinary as you look on and observe what appears to be groups of children in one photograph playing in a playground. Now in the foreground we even see a child on a slide. They all seem happy. In the second photograph, we see a small gathering of young teenagers, some looking distressed, some looking angry as they appear to be heading somewhere. It's not in these mundane images that we find that terror. It's when you look closer that the product of this creation becomes a little more unnerving. 
In the background of each image, we see an ominous, tall, thin phantom lingering eerily among a bunch of youngsters. Now, these kids seem unaffected and even unaware of its presence. While the other entries of this contest had consisted solely of eerie photographs, uh, black eyes, monsters, and the lot, Serge enhanced the potency of his submission with captions, apparently from witnesses to the supposed factual events, describing mysterious circumstances that include the abductions of the groups of children. It was in these captions, though, that these photographs started to come alive with a narrative of their own. The first photograph portrayed a scene in a schoolyard. It read, We didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. But its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. 1983. Photographer unknown. Presumed dead. Now this was followed by another that was captioned, one of two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library Blaze, notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanished, and for what is referred to as the Slenderman deformities, cited as film defects by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later, actual photograph confiscated as evidence. 1986, photographer Mary Thomas, missing since June 13, 1986. The mysterious figure in these photographs, looming just out of focus, now had a name, and it would now invoke a macabre sense of terror. The Slender Man. Soon after this, The Slender Man went viral, creating with it an internet phenomenon. The Slender Man became the subject of a myriad of stories by multiple authors within an overarching mythos. Because of the collaborative nature of Creepypasta, users from all over could submit stories of their own, interpreting the Slender Man into versions of their own horror fiction. Because of this, the Slender Man has since become a form of internet folklore. But what is the Slender Man exactly? The Slender Man is commonly described as a very tall and thin, with unnaturally long, sometimes tentacle-like arms, or sometimes just tentacles, which he can extend to intimidate or even capture his prey. He usually appears to be wearing a dark suit and tie. In many stories, his face is white and featureless, no mouth, no nose, no eyes, though it has been said that his face appears differently to anyone who sees it. In fact, his entire head is usually featureless. There is a common association with a Slender Man in forests or even abandoned locations. Victims of the Slender Man usually see him at a glance at first, off in the distance where his features can't clearly be defined or distinguished. The Slender Man often has the ability to teleport, uh, and many, on many occasions, there is an electronic interference when one is in close proximity to the Slender Man or his whereabouts. Cell phones, cameras, and other items seem to malfunction or even quit completely in his presence. Having a closeness or proximity to the Slender Man is often said to trigger what is called Slender Sickness, a rapid onset of paranoia, nightmares, delusions, 
often accompanied by nosebleeds. Early stories that appeared on Creepypasta featured him targeting children or young adults. Some featured young adults driven insane or to act on his behalf, while others did not, and others claim that investigating the Slenderman will draw his attention. The Slenderman has been described as a metaphor for helplessness, uh, power differentials, and anonymous forces. Parallels have even been drawn between the Slenderman and common anxieties about the digital age, such as feelings of constant connectedness and unknown third-party observation. Media scholar and folklorist Andrew Peck attributes the success of the Slenderman to its highly collaborative nature. Because the character and his motives are shrouded in mystery, users can easily adapt existing Slenderman tropes and imagery to create new stories. This ability for users to tap into the ideas of others while supplying their own helped inspire the collaborative culture that arose surrounding the Slenderman. Although nearly all users understand that the Slenderman is not real, they suspend that disbelief in order to become more engrossed when telling or listening to stories. This adds a sense of authenticity to the Slenderman legend and blurs the lines between legend and reality, keeping the creature as an object of legend dialect. This ambiguity has led some to confusion over the character's origin and purpose. And eventually, this blurring of fact and fiction started taking the media by storm. Uh, have you ever heard of the Slender Man? The Slender Man? Yes. No, I have not. Only five months after his creation, a radio show devoted to the paranormal and conspiracy theories called Coast to Coast AM began receiving callers asking about the Slenderman and describing possible encounters and experiences that they had. Um, I heard the caller talk about Slenderman. The Slenderman. Do you know anything about this thing? Um, he's kind of been a big buzz on the internet lately. Okay. And there's these videos on YouTube. He, he's known as wanting to kidnap children, and I found this information on the internet. Two years later, an article in the Minneapolis Star Tribune written by Eric Knudsen describes the Slenderman's origins as difficult to pinpoint. Knudsen also commented that many people, despite understanding that the Slenderman was a fictional being created on the Something Awful forums, still entertain the possibility that he might still be real. And though many aspects of the Slenderman mythos first appeared on the original Something Awful thread, one of the earliest editions was added by a forum user named Thorough Up, who created a folklore story set in the 16th century Germany, involving a character called Der Grobmann, which was implied to be an early reference to the Slenderman. The phenomenon didn't stop at fictional stories on online threads either. Eventually, filmmakers from all over wanted to take a chance to adapt this piece of fiction for themselves. The first video series involving the Slenderman evolved from a post on the Something Awful thread by user Cigars. It tells of a fictional school friend named Alex Crayley who had stumbled upon something troubling while shooting his first feature-length project, Marble Hornets. The video series, published in found footage style on YouTube, forms an alternate reality game describing the filmer's fictional experiences with the Slenderman. Soon though, film and video weren't enough to experience this new addition to horror. Eventually, the Slenderman mythos was evolved into an interactive experience for people to participate in. 
you see, in 2012, the Slender Man was adapted into a video game titled Slender, The Eight Pages. Within its first month of release, it exploded into popularity. The game was downloaded over 2 million times. The game, played in the first person, falls into the genre of survival horror. Your goal is to collect eight pages that are scattered across a map. These pages sort of vaguely explain the Slender Man. And you have to do that before he's able to capture you. It is set in the middle of an incredibly dense forest in the middle of the night. As you collect each page, the fog grows thicker. You, as a player, are equipped with a flashlight that you must use wisely, as it is very limited with battery life. Now, the Slender Man is constantly stalking you in the game. As you trek on through the darkness, he'll eventually appear in your peripheral view, and you have to avoid looking directly at him for too long. If you look at Slender Man for too long, you lose the game. If he catches up to you, you lose the game. You also lose the game if you take too long to collect all eight pages. Several popular variants of the game followed, including Slender Man's Shadow, the Slender Man for iOS, um, which became the second most popular app download, the sequel to Slender, The Eight Pages, Slender The Arrival, which was released in 2013. Several independent films about the Slender Man have also been released, including Entity, Always Watching, A Marble Hornet Story, and The Slender Man. In 2016, Sony Pictures brought a Slender Man film into theaters. Hey, welcome back to the show. I just wanted to thank Spotify for helping us to keep the lights on here at Whispers in the Night. It was very exciting to get that email saying they wanted to help out. We've now reached the second segment of the show, and a moment that many of you look forward to. Of course, on every episode we feature fiction that is relevant to the topic we're covering to help enhance and entertain. Tonight we have a special treat just for you. An original Slenderman story from Creepypasta. Tonight's story was written back in 2012, as the Slenderman phenomenon was just starting to explode all over the internet and the media. Performed by show newcomer Jacob Murphy, we have The Slenderman, written by Josh Dean. There it is again. What is that thing? I can't take this anymore. It's like everywhere I go, all I see is this horrible, tall, thin, and seemingly faceless creature. It's been haunting my dreams as well ever since I first saw it. And, and all it does is stand there and watch me. I can't shake this constant feeling of being watched. It's like I'm never alone. I hate it. I can't sleep, I can't go outside, and I can't function as a normal person anymore without it, it being there. I've done a lot of research on it the last couple of days, googling what I could best describe it as. All I could remember was it being an impossibly tall, thin man. I say impossibly because no human could be at that height and that thin. It's just not goddamn natural. I tried my best to remember its face. I figured that it would help me narrow the search, but there wasn't one. I have no memory of seeing this thing's face. It's always just a blur. But, but then I could never look at it long enough without feeling uneasy. I usually just walked in the other direction or something, or if it was a dream or a nightmare at that, I would always wake up before I could get a clean look. Well, the search provided me with something called... The Slenderman. 
the fuck is a Slenderman? Just mythical creatures the thing that's been stalking me? No, no it can't be. I refuse to believe it. I've not left my house in two days. I've been up reading all these Slenderman stories and accounts. Needless to say, the sleep has eluded me for the duration. Nothing's going right anymore. I think I've angered it by not letting it into my dreams. I keep hearing banging on the windows late at night, creaking on the floorboards as I'm lying in bed. I know they say houses do that on their own, but this is different. The creaks aren't that of a house settling. There's weight behind them, like soft footsteps. However, every time I go to look, there's nothing there. But when I re-enter my room, I always get the sensation I'm being watched. Tell me, have you ever been sitting in a room by yourself, windows and doors closed, when suddenly the door opens for no reason? I think everyone has, but I'm different. I swear it's not the draft. I've had all the windows locked for about a week now. I'm not one to believe in ghosts or anything of the sort, but there's just an eerie feel to it. Whenever the door spontaneously opens, it gets noticeably colder in the room. The second I leave the room, however, all the other rooms are back to normal, so it's not like my thermostat's on the brink. Any room, however, except my own. My room has been getting cold recently. Real cold. I resorted to lighting candles all around the room to try to heat up the place. I, I don't know what's happening. I'm starting to lose it. I went outside for the first time in over a week today. I thought maybe my delusions were coming from being cooped up and spending too much time scaring myself reading about the Slenderman. I went through my day-to-day -day life as best I could and, to my surprise, no sightings of that... thing. Everything was going fine. In fact, I was starting to forget about the whole thing. That is, until I was heading home. I was walking through the woods, trying to take in as much fresh air as possible before I went home, when I stumbled across a piece of paper lying there in the middle of the footpath. I'd normally have just written it off of, you know, to be some litter left by someone, but it was crisp white. It looked like it had been carefully placed there, no longer than perhaps 20 minutes ago. I picked it up and I turned it over. It was a drawing. A drawing of that thing, the Slenderman. A very crude sketch depicted him with no words, just no, 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 scribbled down the sides of the pages. As I tried to decipher the page, the clouds quickly darkened, turning to a heavy black. I best get home quick before the rain hits, I thought to myself. Now I'm home, sitting, staring at this fucking picture going out of my mind, trying to figure out just how it got to where it was. Thinking about how new it looked and wondering what sick fuck drew this and left it there for me. I'm gonna go to bed. I'd be as well to get some sleep. I swear that picture's cursed. Slenderman was in my dream again last night. It seemed so real. I was lying in bed, in the dream, and I had woken up and seen him standing there, in the corner of my room. I tried to scream, move, do anything, but I couldn't. I laid there, frozen in fear, wondering what would happen. He just lifted his arm and stretched out a good ten foot to the headboard of my bed and rested his hand. I say hand, but that didn't feel like hands, more like tendrils. He rested it over my eyes, and I went back to sleep. When I woke up, there was nothing. What a fucked up dream. 
Oh. Do you know what else has been happening since I brought that picture home? My electronics have been fucking up. My laptop shuts down on its own, even with full battery. My TV randomly turns to static. My phone keeps getting no reception. Along with the opening of doors, the constant sound of footsteps at night. You get the picture. I'm burning it tonight. I'm taking it out the back, and I'm setting the fucker alight. No. No, 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 no. This can't be happening. I watched that get burned last night. I took that piece of paper outside last night and watched it burn. How can it be back? What kind of twisted bastard would put a duplicate copy through someone's mailbox? This really isn't funny. I can't even phone for help because my electronics won't stop acting up and I'm too paranoid to leave the house. I don't know what to do. Things are getting too much to cope with now. Day after day, more and more of those damn pictures keep coming through. Nothing works in the house, and I keep thinking I'm seeing him in the house. Whenever I leave the room, I think I catch a glimpse of him with my peripheral vision. Or in the corner of a mirror as I pass by. It's driving me insane. Has this thing really invaded my home? If so, is there no safety to be had? If it can get me here, it can get me anywhere. Doesn't mean I won't go down without a fight, though. Okay. I've locked my doors and all the windows and took enough food and water from the kitchen to last me about a week. I'm gonna hold up in my room for as long as possible. I don't feel safe outside, nor do I feel safe in my own home. This is my last resort. I know he's got something sinister in store for me, I just know it. Why else would he go through such lengths to scare me to the brink of my sanity? I've barricaded myself in my room for now. Nothing's getting in here without my say-so. It's getting late. I'm gonna try and get some shut-eye. Shit! What was that? I swear I heard something move. It, it must have. Because it woke me up. This is no ordinary footstep that I've heard at the beginning of all this. Oh no, that sound was loud, and a deliberate thud. It must be messing with me. The Slenderman knows I'm here. I get out of bed to turn the light on, but there's no point. It's been messing with the electrics. I lay here scared out of my mind. Staring into total darkness. I know this sounds crazy, but have you ever seen a darker shade of black than normal? Like when you're in a dark room with only a little light and everything casts a shadow, but some shadows seem darker than the others. I swear, even though I'm currently in near blind darkness, that corner is darker than the rest. It's the same corner that was in my last nightmare. It's like the darkness is moving. My night vision is getting better now. I can see in a little more detail. Oh no. No, 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 no. I can see the outline of a man from in that corner. A really tall, thin man. It looks like he's wearing a, a suit. Oh god. It's... him. He's here, just like in my dream. I lay here, frozen in fear, wondering what's gonna happen. He lifts his arm and stretches it across my room and over to my head. He rests his hands. No, no, these aren't hands. These are tendrils on my forehead. I thought about grabbing his arm and trying to push away, or getting up out of bed for trying to break the door, but something told me there's no use. 
Nothing would help me now. His tendrils grew in length and snaked down my entire body, slowly wrapping themselves around me in some sort of blackened cocoon. Before I could scream, the blackness reached my face and covered my mouth. As it enveloped the head, the last thing to be covered was my eyes, which firmly shut the whole time. I decided to open them one last time. I looked directly up and he was there, standing directly over me, looking down. That was the last thing I saw before the darkness claimed me. Although he has no face, I swear, he seemed to smile. Alright, let's take a break from the fiction and talk about something real. Your true paranormal story. Have you ever had something strange happen to you that you couldn't completely explain? A true paranormal story? I've had a couple of strange things happen in my house. For a while, my wife and I kept finding random cupboards open. We closed them securely only to find them open later that day. From time to time, we would hear footsteps coming up from the basement, just slow creaking coming up over by the back door. Apparently, we weren't the only ones. Some of our guests would tell us of strange things they would hear when they'd stay over. Does that sound familiar? Maybe you have a true paranormal story of your own. Connect with us. We'd love to hear it. True Paranormal Story is a segment that we're adding to the podcast on our off weeks to feature listener stories of the strange and the unexplained. Email Nikki at trueparanormalstory at gmail.com with yours today, and it can be shared on the podcast. We're looking forward to hearing from you. We've now reached the third part of our show, our third act, if you will. We've brought you the folklore on the Slender Man, and we've also brought you the feature fiction. Now, we focus on the facts. How did this really affect the lives of the people here? As a listener of the show, you may be wondering how this has anything to do with the Midwest. I mean, the Slender Man is a fictional character, isn't he? How does this internet creation have anything to do with our lives here in the heart of the Midwest? Well, it was the morning of May 31st, 2014, in the town of Waukesha, Wisconsin. It was a beautiful spring day. Everything seemed normal for the small Midwestern community, as life was beginning to emerge with the sun. On this particular morning, a cyclist was out for a morning ride along a forest area near one of the town's public parks. Nothing really seemed out of the ordinary as this man cycled onward down a back road trail while birds chirped above in the trees. This man by the name Greg Steinberg out on his morning ride came across a path within the woods that had been chained off for public safety, but figured it wouldn't be a problem to continue on down the blocked path. You see, Greg had ridden this way many times before, and it had never been a problem. What harm could come from it? After all, it was a beautiful morning. What could go wrong? Like I was saying, it was a normal day. After all, this was Wakesha, the beautiful Midwestern town. According to the national average, it's actually safer than 68% of the other cities in the United States. The crime right here is 43% lower. 
That was... Until Dispatch received a disturbing call that would change everything. Came upon a 12-year-old female. She appears to be stabbed. She appears to be what? Stabbed. Stabbed? Correct. Okay. Sir, you still there? Yes. Hi, sir. So, is are you with this 12-year-old female? Yes. She says she's having trouble breathing. She said she was stabbed multiple times. Stabbed multiple times? Yes. Okay, sir, are you with her right now? Yes. Is she awake? She's awake. Is she um, breathing? Yeah, she's breathing. She said she can take shallow breath. She's alert. Okay, stay with her. We're sending the police department. Don't hang up, okay? Oh, Hold on we'll just a minute. Up. Don't hang up. Okay. Okay. Hold on just a minute, sir. We're sending officers. Oh. Is there any assailant around? Ah, uh, I didn't even look. I don't see anybody. Not very far down this trail, the one that Steinberg could have decided to avoid because it had been chained off. Greg had spotted a young girl lying in the road. Her black fleece jacket was tattered and bloodied from where she had been recently savagely attacked and left to die. This seemingly random attack left police and emergency personnel baffled as they searched for answers and rushed the girl, Peyton Lautner, at 12 years of age, who was close to death at this point, off to the hospital. Lautner had been stabbed 19 times. One of her wounds nearly penetrated an artery near her heart, missing it by just under a millimeter. Now, in her immense pain, Peyton was only able to communicate with loved ones and her detectives by way of pen and paper for several days due to her injuries. Her assailants, later discovered to be her two best friends, were found shortly after, walking through some tall grass near an interstate. The two claimed that they were on their way to the Slender Man's mansion, where they believed it existed in the Nicolette Forest, some 300 miles away in northern Wisconsin. They were going to the Nicolet Forest because they believed that there was a mansion there that Slenderman lived in. The blood on their clothing, along with a five-inch blade, gave them away. Police say the two attackers said they first encountered Slenderman on the website Creepypasta Wiki. They thought he was real, police say, and that if they didn't kill their classmate, then Slenderman would hurt them. Morgan Geyser and Anissa Wire had discovered the Slenderman on the infamous Creepypasta Wiki, the collaborative website and database dedicated to internet horror. As fascination grew into obsession, the two found themselves tangled in the idea that they could interact with the fictional being who had gradually started to creep into our world. The two girls, like many others who find themselves unable to distinguish fact from fiction, believed Slenderman to be real. In early 2014, Morgan and Anissa, both also 12 years of age at the time, dedicated to their belief, decided to choose a side. Calling themselves proxies, also known to others familiar with the Slenderman mythos, as those committed to proving the existence and their dedication to him to skeptics. To prove this, a plan started to form, in which they would kill someone. The two girls had a perfect victim in mind. As time went on, weeks turning into months, the two schemed quietly between one another to plan their perfect sacrifice. What would have been playtime for normal children was a time devised of crafting their perfect plan. The girls believed that the nearby Nicolet National Forest was where Slenderman resided from what they had learned from their teachings online. They would use code words like camping trip to secretly communicate to one another when around people. 
Now eventually the plan was set. Geyser and Wire decided upon May 30th, which was Morgan's birthday, to murder their friend Peyton. The plan was this. The night of Morgan's birthday, there would be a sleepover. 2 a.m. was the time of their execution. They would bind Peyton's limbs, duct tape her mouth so that nobody could hear, and stab her in the neck until she was dead. The two would then cover her body with a blanket and run away together. When May 30th finally rolled around, Morgan held a sleepover for her birthday, but it appears the plan that they had so carefully created was altered. They wanted to give Peyton one more day. The two decided that it would come the morning after. The girls would lure Peyton into a bathroom at a public park and stab her. It was simple, the girls thought. The drains on the floor would take all of the blood, making cleanup easier. When that plan didn't seem to work, Geyser and Wire improvised their attack in the woods during a game of hide-and-seek. When Peyton was least expecting, Morgan lifted her jacket to reveal a knife she had stowed away, just right in her waistband, and the two girls stabbed her repeatedly, hitting major organs like her liver, her pancreas, and her stomach. During the attack, Peyton screamed and pleaded with her friends, saying, I hate you, I trusted you. Of the several stab wounds, the two, just by chance, missed that artery near Peyton's heart. At just 12, these two girls nearly took another classmate's life. They lured her to a wooded area where police say they stabbed her 19 times. Who stabbed her first? I think um, Anissa stabbed her first and then I continued and then she was like, Morgan, make sure she doesn't escape. There was one problem though. Though the two had stabbed their friend several times in hopes to kill her, they had failed in succeeding. Despite their attack, Peyton was still alive and pleading for her life. This was a task only time would complete for them, and at the moment, as they stood over her, Morgan and Anissa decided to tell Peyton to lay still. They said that they would run for help and that she'd be okay soon. Of course, the two had no plans of returning. They were going to leave her there to die, all alone in the woods, so that they could please the slender man. So we told her we were gonna get help, but we really weren't. We were gonna run and let her pass away. So we ran. It wasn't long after they had vanished, though, that Peyton decided to fight for her will to live. As her assailants fled, satisfied with their deed, Peyton was putting forth all of the strength she had to crawl through the woods up to the road where she could be better seen. With nobody in sight, she hoped for the best and she waited. By chance, a cyclist came into view soon after. Incredibly, the victim managed to crawl out of the woods. A bike rider found her and got her to the hospital. The young suspects were arrested soon after, both charged as adults. Morgan Geyser has since been sentenced to a maximum of 40 years in a mental health institution. Anissa Wire has since been ordered 25 years in a mental health institution. You know, as much as I could say that I wish there haven't been any other Slenderman-influenced crimes, in the years following the events from Wakesha, Wisconsin, the truth 
has revealed itself that it's only the beginning. I came home one night from work and she was in the kitchen waiting for me and she was wearing um, a white mask. She had her hood up and she had her you know, hands covered with the sleeves and um, the mask. She also had a knife and began attacking her mother right there in the kitchen. And mentioned playing a role. I got the feeling she was playing a role. The Slender Man. Let's see it. On the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. But lately they're also dealing with an extremely high rate of teenage suicide. The people I talk to say all these things are interconnected. But the suicide attempts have simply gotten out of control. Tonight we know she was looking at websites involving the fictional character Slender Man just before deputies say she set her home on fire after an argument. Slender Man. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the show. It's always great to have you here. Remember that you can always write into True Paranormal Story if you have a personal story that you'd like to share with the world regarding any paranormal, strange, or supernatural experiences that you have of your own. We'll feature your experience publicly, but if you'd prefer, we can do it anonymously as well. It's your choice in our upcoming segment. That's trueparanormalstory at gmail.com. And you can also join in on the social community. I don't know if you knew, but we have one. We talk about all sorts of creepy topics online, and you can do that by finding Whispers in the Night on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tell your friends and family about us. I will see you there. Tonight's show was written, mixed, and produced by me. Sora Narnia of Knife Point Horror voices the show's intro, and the show's theme is done by John Ryder of the band Plastic Me. This episode could not be possible without the support of Carolyn Petalco via Coffee and Sammy Weissenden on Patreon. Additional support for the show from Midwest Made Shop, Spotify, and Public. Special thanks to Josh Dean, the writer of tonight's feature fiction, and show newcomer Jacob Murphy for lending his voice talents in performing it. And mostly, thank you, my horrific listeners, for tuning in once again. It is because of you that this podcast does and will continue to exist. If you'd like what I do, and would like to help the show going, I'll leave links in the show notes and description for you to check out. You could also leave a review letting me know what you think of the show on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. Not only does leaving a review help me to better my show, but it also helps like-minded listeners find whispers in the night by reflecting your thoughts and opinions for others to see. Our show's opener was performed by my daughter, Taryn, and it was written by Ad Hominem Fallacy.